So welcome to the newest episode, episode 22 of 21st Century Boys. It's just going to be Joe today. We'll jump right in with some stuff that I have read over the last little bit. It's been a while since I've talked to anybody. Once in Future, Volume 4, Karen Gillen and Dan Mora. This is covering issues 19 through 24. Bridget, Duncan, and Rose are dragged into the other world, a land of predatory monsters. And things seem like they can't get any worse, but yeah, of course they can. Uh, a rival king rises to confront Arthur and plunges the land into civil war and both pursue Bridget, Duncan, and Rose as they travel across the land. We meet Rose's parents, have more fair interactions, and our first giant. Intrepid Band has set up our senior residence in a castle where their steward named Jack has to bribe the fairies with a cow of all things. Let's just say beans were involved. So as usual, this is a great series. Uh, it's heading towards the end. They're going to be wrapping it up pretty soon. So if you haven't checked it out, it should be available all in trades not too far from now. Next up, Batman The Long Halloween by Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb. This is issues 1 through 13. This is one I picked up during Prime Day. And this is also one that they used, I believe, for quite a bit of the basis for the movie The Batman. Someone's killing the Falcone family one by one on a holiday. Batman, Gordon, and Harvey Dent have to solve who is committing these murders. As each month's holiday strikes, a new mobster dies. Each issue features a holiday as the story builds. Who is Holiday? It's actually the murderer's name as well. At least what they're calling it. Is it Harvey Dent? Is it Catwoman? She seems to be everywhere Falcone is. Could it be Bruce Wayne? Maybe Calendar Man is coming and going from Arkham Asylum somehow out of his locked room. This is a really great book with fantastic art by Tim Sale, who we lost recently. Uh, this one is very highly recommended if it's one you have not read. Something is Killing the Children, issues 23 and 24. James Tenian IV and... The last time we were reading this one, we were introduced to Gabby, the new hero, who has run into um, <coughs> who has run into these monsters. Um, and uh, you know, Erica is in the town as well, but she's posing as a New York reporter. Funny thing is, no one actually seems to believe her. It's really funny because she'll be like, "I'm a reporter," and they'll ask for her credentials or ask for something she's written, and nobody buys it. So kind of trippy. Gabby is staying with Ricky, a bartender. And uh, since her family is basically no longer around, um, unfortunately, it seems that the House of Slaughter is no longer interested in Erica operating as a monster hunter. So she's kind of on her own these days. Erica runs into Ricky and lets her know that she is there to help. Problem is, while this is going on, another family has been attacked. So that means it's not who they thought it was anyway. This continues to be a great read. Another recommended book. Uh, Dynamite. Lives 1 through 5, Fred Van Linty. Uh, this is a hoot. Um, I don't know if any of you have checked out this series. It's, is, I think, actually on its third iteration now of the die exclamation point, Namite. Uh, Fred Van Linty's been really doing a fun mashup with it. So, this is a continuation of last year's zombie get together with the Dynamite Heroes. Also, in this model, they bring in Evil Dead's Ash and Jennifer Blood for more madness and mayhem. As of now, Red Sonya is undead and trying to conquer the world with her zombie army. Miss Fury, Vampirella, and Panther are out to get a copy of the Necronomicon. <laughs> they special ordered it, uh, you know, from the equivalent of Amazon, which I guess is. S-Mart, so um, 
which is going to bring Ash into it. So yeah, the uh, they went to uh, Smart to pick up their copy of the Necronomicon that they had ordered. Uh, they run at Ash. He's fighting off the undead with a weed whacker. Jennifer Blood comes into possession of Smiley, who has promised to bring her children back from the undead. I really, really love this series, and this is one of the funnest crossovers that you can imagine they could pull off. Once again, really recommend that one. Okay, Radiant Black, Volume 2. I'm actually uh, up through number... I think I finished 15 yesterday. So I'm actually uh, pretty close to up to date on this. But this volume is um, one of the trade paperbacks. Uh, once again by Kyle Higgins. After the last volume, Nathan is uh, you know out of it. He's in a coma. And Marshall has to take up the Radiant Black Mantle. And it's most definitely a rocky start for him. As, as becoming a hero hasn't been the easiest. We get more action from other Radiants as they come together and meet up for the first time. We learn more about the fate of Nathan in this volume as well. Lastly, we get into uh, the Pink Radiant and uh, who they were before they got the powers of the Radiant. So this one's uh, got a lot of fun one-pagers of Marshall getting rich quick schemes as well. A little bit more disjointed than the first volume, but this one's still quite a bit of fun. Next up, Jujitsu Kaisen. I uh, believe I got 15, 16, and 17 red by Giga Akutami. Uh, the Shibuya incident comes to a close finally. It seems like it lasted a really long time. It was a good arc, but it did last a few volumes. And lives of countless civilians have been lost. Some of our heroes are down for the count as well. Jujitsu sorcerers have decided that Gojo is the blame for this loss of life. Um, Gojo's previous support of Yuji uh, Itadori has uh, kept them from executing it Itadori for the swallowing of Sukuno's fingers. But with Gojo on the outs, the stay of execution has been removed and they're going to go ahead with the execution of Itadori. So um, Itadori has to face the brightest of the jujitsu and it looks like he loses his life. This is a great volume and great great volumes rather and a lot of action in these uh, couple of volumes so we're pretty deep in the series so i don't know that this is a great jumping on point but the shonen jump app is a, you know once again a great place to start so if you want to jump in and try out jujitsu kaisen and see what everybody's talking about check out the app two bucks a month umbrella academy by gerard way and gabriel ba so, women simultaneously gave birth to superpowered children. These children were brought together and raised up as the Umbrella Academy. Obviously, children raised by an overbearing father figure, kind of like Professor X, and a robot mother and chimp butler may not come out exactly perfect. So, we kind of have this family of misfits. Kraken, Space Boy, Rumor, Vanya, Claus, and Number 5. They do make up for a very entertaining narrative, though. At least for the first two of the three volumes... Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't get much out of Hotel Oblivion. That said, I do recommend the first two volumes, really good reads. And I would say the first season of the Netflix series was really good as well. I have not gotten past that. So definitely worth your time for the first couple of Umbrella Academies. Next up, this is a one-off I read from Scout. Actually, I don't know that it's a one-off. It's just a first issue. Um, so this is She Bites, uh, number one from Scout by Hedwig Hale and Alberto Hernandez. It's 1997, Pittsburgh, PA. 134-year-old vampire stuck in the body of a nine-year-old girl is squatting in a rundown apartment. Elsie Baker, uh, 
is the name of the vampire. So, anyway, the comic opens with her trying to buy groceries at a corner store. One problem, because she looks nine, they won't sell her her cigarettes, which, you know, that's a problem for a 134-year-old. On her way home, these two punks accost her. I mean, they got mohawks and everything, the whole nine. And Elsie takes them home for a midnight snack. And, you know, the literally a midnight She eats them. Okay. Uh, next up, we meet uh, Brenda. She's a miserable 18-year-old who, funnily enough, gets sent to the same store to successfully buy cigarettes. On her way home, she finds an ad asking for a babysitter. Guess who the ad is for? Yeah. So, a 134-year-old needs a babysitter so that they can buy smokes. Yeah, that's not the best... Uh, and most proper thing these days. Anyway, it's really fun and really gruesome and really good. I like this issue a lot. And that is She Bites, number one from Scout. Uh, next up, one of those classics, Dark Knight Returns. This is a reread that um, my buddy Anna had been reading and I decided to reread. This is Frank Miller. This was four issues originally. I did a mix. This was another one I picked up on Prime Day Got it really cheap, but it was also on the app, so if I was on the treadmill, sometimes I'd read chunks of it while I was on the treadmill, and sometimes I'd read chunks of it while I was sitting in my recliner. Well, I don't have a recliner. I have a stationary chair. But sometimes I'd read it in my stationary chair, and uh, Dark Knight Returns. So, we all know this one. Batman has been retired, and he's gotten old. There's mutant gangs running around, ruling over Gotham, and old Batman decides he has to come out of retirement. He's tougher, and he's probably meaner than before. He's lost to Robin along the way, but Alfred is, as always, by his side. So why is this a special series? That's the big question, I think. Why is it groundbreaking, and what did it do to the character of the Batman? Arguably, this has kind of set the tone of a grim and gritty vigilante who no longer gets along with the police. This is where we are at, I think, for the last, I don't know, 30-some years almost with where we find the Batman. Um, while he still won't murder this Batman, Will Mame, and uh, this Batman... <laughs> I mean, this, this Batman literally sp spits a loogie in a dead person's eye. So, um, Miller's art alone is worth your time. Some of these full pages spreads are just amazing. This is Miller probably at his height, I would say, artistic-wise. His layouts are some of the best in the business. Uh, the glee in Bruce's face uh, he has before, an over, uh, before a fight is just, you know, something to behold. Is this overrated? Uh, not in my book. Maybe for some people. I still think this is one of those that really was a game changer. Next up, DC versus Vampires Coffin Edition. So basically what they're doing, I kind of like these. Um, they used to do these at Marvel. I don't know what they were called. Maybe Marvel Catch-Up Editions or something. They give you a hot series and give you a handful of issues. So this was the first three issues of the DC versus Vampire series. And that's Tinian, Tynan, I forgot how Professor Allen said I'm supposed to say it. Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt. So Andrew Bennett... I, Vampire, must reach the Justice League. The world is about to be swallowed whole by vampires. Their queen has been overthrown, and now vampires are intent on invading the world. First, they're going to take out all the metahumans. They target the villains first, since people are less likely to miss the villains. Then the psychics, because they could warn others of their coming. Lastly, they go, well, not lastly, but next up, they go after magic users, beings who are also a cult. Now, lastly, uh, they infiltrate larger groups, and they do this by first taking out younger heroes. 
And so they're going to do this through, I don't know, like the Titan characters or something like that. So this is another of the alt-universe DC horrors uh, that they've been doing lately, kind of like started with Deceased. Um, and it seems like this is going to be a classic in the making. This is a lot of fun. It's a nice mix of classic characters and deep cuts. And I really like this mini trade edition. It was only $5.99, so you can't beat the price. And especially, you know, that's a $4 book that you're going to be paying. You're going to get three of them for 6 bucks. So I recommend that one. Fun stuff. Another one my buddy and Anna and I have been discussing, Wolverine, Old Man Logan. This is Wolverine 66 through 72. It's Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. Wolverine No More. Old Man Logan is the story of how the villains come together and finally defeat the superheroes. Logan lives through this encounter, but has changed from it forever. On a farm raising his children with his wife, Logan has to pay rent monthly to the Hulk family, the owners of the territory. When he comes up short one month, he has to take on a mission. Sketchy details are given by the former hero, Hawkeye. And at this point, they kind of intimate that he's basically maybe running drugs or something along those lines. So, if you've read this, you know what happens. If you haven't, you should, and I'm not going to spoil it. But there's lots of deep cuts, and there's lots of thrills this one, and there's plenty of heartbreak as well. Um, so, not one that's going to be the easiest read emotionally, but it's one well worth time. So I would I would say highly recommend that one as well. Uh, the Fourth Man from AWA, Upshot, and this is by Jeff McComsey and Mike Diodato Jr. And man, Mike Diodato's art is just as good, if not better, than ever. So one thing interesting about this one is um, the art in this one is very much based on actors. It's almost like a movie was in his mind when he was drawing this. So you can see Paul Winfield, you can see Harvey Keitel, you can see various actors in the faces of the characters that he's drawn. So he, he did a really phenomenal job drawing this one. So plot, cops are finding one body after another and they're trying to tie it all together. Is this a serial killer, a spree killer? What do all these victims have in common? This is an intricate whodunit. A hit is played out backwards. One after another, the buck is passed until one guy is doing the job for the lowest price. Well, what happens if the guy gets smartened up? Well, this phenomenal art by Diodato, I swear he's gotten better as he's getting older. This is great stuff. And you cannot beat what AWA charges for their trades. From what I can tell, straight up and down, their comics are $3.99 a piece. Their trades are $9.99 a piece. That alone makes them a great entry point in trying out this company. So this is good stuff. And at $9.99, I, I can't do anything but recommend it. It's a great looking book and it's a good read as well. Okay, so coming up, we got Bloodshot Reborn. This is one I wanted to read after having recently read uh, Old Man Logan. Because I remembered at the time when I read Bloodshot Reborn in single issues when it was coming out a few years ago, just going like, this seems really a lot like Old Man Logan. And you'll, you'll see why in just a second. So this is uh, from Bloodshot Reborn Volume 3, The Analog Man. So this, this specifically these issues are the ones that remind me. And the issues are uh, issues 10 through 13. This is Jeff Lemire and Louis LaRosa. So it's 30 years after the, uh, the Geomancer had removed the Nanites from Bloodshot, Ray Garrison and his love magic live together in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. See, right there alone, you've got, once again, uh, 
the character older post-apocalyptic wasteland. Together, they seemingly live a happy life on the fringes. On one of his trips to go out and get water, though, things start to go sour. Ray is attacked by the Shadow Men and the goo-activated Exo Manowar armor. So, what we've got here is we've got an army of Exo Manowar uh, armor, and we also have kind of like these raiders that are the Shadow Men, influenced by the original Shadow Man. Um, so... He runs into his old pal Ninjak, and the two of them, they're going to fight to wrest the control from the Man of War armor. And that's where it is. It's it's one of those things. I don't want to go too much further, because the ending is very, very different, ultimately, than the ending of Old Man Logan. But the feel of it's very similar. You get the, the two buddy-buddies that you never necessarily thought of reading prior issues as being buddy-buddy. You know, you've got Bloodshot as Wolverine. You've got... Ninjak as Hawkeye, kind of the poo-stirrer, and I don't know. It's actually very different, but kind of similar. So they, they were fun to read back-to-back. -back. Really good art, and it's got a mind-twisting story, and it was very entertaining, and it was one I was very happy to reread. So, uh, Jack had just finished reading All the Walking Dead, so we picked up Clementine Book 1 by Tilly Walden. And this is a young adult novel set in the Walking Dead universe. Clementine's on her own and hurt when she stumbles across an Amish community. They help her uh, get an artificial limb because the one she had got uh, damaged and destroyed. And honestly, it was causing her a lot of pain and uh, she had not healed completely from where she had lost her limb. So they get her cleaned up and they send her on her way. As she's leaving, she meets a boy named Amos. And he and his horse Helen are on their way to a community that's in the mountains. So along the way, they lose their buggy that the horse was drawing. And um, other bads happen, to be honest with you. They reach the ski lift where they meet two twins. And they never outright name the twins right away. So they start calling them left and right uh, to tell the two twins apart. They go up to the ski lodge on the ski lift, which was a harrowing experience in and of itself, and they begin working, all in hopes of getting the twins plane working again. So I really enjoyed this uh, adventure, and it was a different part of the Walking Dead universe, but it, you could tell that it definitely, you know, had the same kind of stakes. And, you know, even though it was a young adult book, it was, it was really good, and I would say if you're interested in the Walking Dead universe... And young adult graphic novels, it's one worth you or uh, someone else you know who might be interested checking out. Last up today, we've got Rooster Fighter Volume 1 from Viz. And this is Shu Sakatori. I'm, I'm not getting this one. Sakatori. Sakuratani. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, Rooster Fighter Volume 1 from Viz. A rooster is fighting demons. All right, you got that? So imagine Equalizer as a demon fighter or maybe as a rooster as the Hulk. So each chapter he wanders into a new situation and sides up with those who can't defend themselves. Often initially this is odds with children. He always seems to come around in the end to help those in need even though he will be very blunt and say that he does not like kids. Uh, of the stories in this volume, my, probably my favorite one is the one where he meets a sea turtle, and the sea turtle goes straight up Gamera when it fights with him. He, uh, the turtle also relates the terror of being born a turtle. Uh, 
And it's, I don't know, it kind of looks like something out of Berserk. It's just absolutely hellish, the seagulls that come to feast upon the baby uh, sea turtles as they try to make their way back to the ocean. Uh, It feels like it's one of those books that might only be one joke, but you know what? They told the one joke really well, and I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed Rooster Fighter. It's one I would definitely recommend and probably check out again in the future. So... Thanks for listening just to me today uh, uh, on this 21st Century Boys. You can always reach out to us at our Twitter handles. I am at Iowa's Joe and Jack is at N underscore garlic. You can reach out to the show at 21st Century Boys on Twitter and that's at 21STCENBOYS. Thanks for listening today and have a great day. Bye.